Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Hey, good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and you're listening to Questions About Heaven in the Heaven Tour Ministry. Been a wonderful year this 2023, and I'm looking forward to 2024 as the Lord would just uh, allow, delay His coming and open up doors of new ministry. And you have been so helpful in that. Your letters, your comments, your prayers, your encouragement, and even your gifts have been so helpful. The Barn Studio has been doing fine, building onto that with new equipment and growing and. I'll be on the road into new horizons this year that I had not been able to uh, enter. Uh, For example, I'm so excited in Labor Day of 2024, if the Lord allows, I'll be out in Arizona, and I'm working my way toward California right now in a number of new outreaches uh, going from Pennsylvania down to Alabama, over from Texas and Oklahoma into Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia, and Carolinas, oh, just all of these different places. It's been wonderful. And I want to thank you. You've made this possible. The Lord has opened up the door, and your support has meant so much. Now, I want to remind you, we are experimenting with evening classes on TikTok and on YouTube. So make sure if you go to those different channels, be looking for the announcements, and also I'll be putting them in our newsletter as well. If you've not signed up for our newsletter, would you go over to our website at theheaventour.com, theheaventour.com. Enter your name, uh, receive our newsletter, and if you'd like to be a prayer partner with us, then you can do that too and just ask on that. And there's just so many new things we've been adding to the website, hoping to make it so helpful to you in different teachings and uh, the videos that would answer questions about heaven as well. So we're into Revelation chapter 17. Let me start off by reading this to you giving you a background on this. When we're looking at this, what we want to do is move a little bit further into Revelation 17 and renew our study as we've been looking at it uh, right before the Christmas vacation. And so I want to get back into it uh, when I say the Christmas vacation, the holiday time as well. So uh, Revelation 17 gives us an idea. What has happened is up to chapter 16, John uh, is, is writing the, about the seven angels. You had seven angels that had seven last plagues. They were seven bowl judgments, and some translations call it vile judgment, but it's like a saucer. Okay, now he, uh, John is writing about them being each being poured forth, and they come in rapid succession here. And then when we see these finished, it is finished. There is a voice that uh, says from heaven, says it is done. So what happens is God has finished all of this. Then we will move into Revelation 19, the Armageddon battle. Uh, Revelation 20 will then take us into the millennium uh, study. We'll talk about that. And 21 and 22 conclude the entire book, and that will take us into the new heaven and the new earth. So what happens here in this chapter is going to give us detail of what happened during the course of those bowl judgments. And we're going to take a look at this. So you're going to get some detail of what exactly happened, specifically in an empire which has been given the symbolic name of Babylon. 
you'll see this name Babylon signifying in the Bible a major empire, and you see it in chapter 17 and chapter 18 as everything wraps up. You're going to see these different bold judgment effects, and this will go, we'll see it in Revelation chapter 17, Revelation chapter 18, and then even in chapter 19, everything uh, is concluded in the opening praise of the first three verses in talking about the downfall of all of these empires and such. Now, included in that, you'll also see that the the Antichrist, known as the beast, as referred to in Revelation chapter 19, starting in verse 11 through 20, uh, going through 21, you're going to see that as Christ comes, the, uh, the satanic armies are totally defeated, and that will include, in Revelation chapter 20, there's going to be an abyss, uh, a holding place at this time for a thousand years of Satan. We'll talk about that in a bit here. So what we want to do right now is I'm going to read this passage up to a point, and then we're going to talk about it and continue on in our study in Revelation chapter 17. I'm going to read this time as I rotate the different translations. I'll read from the English Standard Version. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, and I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he, the angel, carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. That takes us up to verse 5 as we're starting into this cataclysmic chapter of judgments here. Now, when we see this, this angel that has come, we have seen this angel earlier had come and was given uh, the se- one of the angels who was given a seven golden bowls of the wrath of God. And when you see that, that takes you back into Revelation chapter 15 and verse 7. And in this, these are then poured out. And it's sort of like they are sloshed out. They're not just trickled out. You're going to see them coming in a great and uh, very, when I say magnificent, I don't mean in a wondrous, happy way, but in, in a mega is the Greek word is, in a huge event that's going to happen here. So this angel, as uh, he is introducing John to everything going on, you can see that this looks like the angel who may have been part of the destruction of Babylon from Revelation chapter 16. Now he says this, I'm going to show you the judgment of this great harlot who sits on many waters. Now, when you see that, I'm thinking back. When you have this invitation, come here, I'm going to show you. You can see this throughout here. John is walking through the celestial domain of the future, 
And as if you were going to be taken on a tour through the White House on your own without a guide, and you're standing there not really sure where you're going to go, and a guide would go over and see you, well, come here, I'll show you this, and let's go over here, let's take a look at this room or this function, or if you're in some sort of a large building, and some edifice, and and you're not exactly sure, and somebody says, can I help you? I think about the time that we were over in the old Jerusalem, and we had to be very, very careful because those that would try to get you into their sales, uh, into their shop or something like that, they keep an eye for uh, any sort of visitor who looks like they're not sure where to go. And they'll get you a direction. They'll, they'll walk right out and say, can I help you? I'll, I'll take Well, come on over here. Sit down and I'll, I'll explain it to you. Next thing you know, you're being uh, under high pressure to buy something too. But you're being uh, entered in under no obligation here uh, for John. I'm going to show you because I, I will show you this judgment. It's a very harsh thing, but think about it. When we go back, what did he say in Revelation? What will he say in Revelation uh, 21 and verse 9? I'm going to show you something else, the bride, the lamb's wife. So you're going to see this. You're going to see one in sexual immorality, horrible in uh, the lack of any values, a prostitute, as opposed to Revelation 21, a female uh, in the symbolism of honor, of purity, the bride, the lamb's wife. Isn't it interesting? You have these two introductions on either side. Come, I want to show you this. This is a terrible picture, isn't it? Come, I want to show you this one. Isn't this a beautiful picture? And this, as I have told you many times in our study, Revelation is the book of opposites. It will show you things sometimes in stark contrast so that you may know. This is why the seventh uh, church in uh, Revelation chapter 3, the seventh church, it was wishy-washy, and there was a judgment there that we need to be absolute. It is either right or it is wrong. You don't sit in the middle. And you see this consistency throughout the scriptures too. These are judgments. God's wrath is done. It is finished. It is final. It is dynamic. The rewards for the believer are there. They're real, and they are extreme. Revelation 3 and verse 21, you're going to sit on the throne, overcomer, you're going to enjoy reigning with the Lord, Revelation 22, 5. That's what it's talking about here. Don't mind if you hear in the background. I'm, out, I'm down in the farmhouse right now, and I think one of our, we just adopted two uh, little feral cats, and they're playing with a ball behind. So if you hear some ringing, that's a little ball that they're playing with here, too. But let me continue on here. When we go through the talking about the judgment, it talks about this, this uh, the one that is associated with uh, prostitution is also being linked in with this empire known as Babylon. You're going to see the reference for Babylon in 17, 18, and 19. And we have continued to see that this man-made kingdom, this man-made empire, which openly defies God, is going to come down. This has been prophesied for how long? You see, uh, Isaiah, for example, uh, talks about this. You're going to take a look. As a matter of fact, if you go into Isaiah chapter 13, you're going to see in uh, verse 1, the oracle concerning Babylon. It talks about this, what is going to come down here uh, in this, and it is going to talk about when, in verse 14, the fall of Babylon. I want you to think about Jeremiah chapter 50. 
Jeremiah refers to the very same thing. The word which the Lord spoke concerning Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, through Jeremiah the prophet, proclaim among the nations, lift up a standard. Babylon, verse 2, has been captured. Again, again, and again. You see in uh, verse 46, Babylon has been ceased. These are all prophecies that have gone down from there, just like we see the prophecies of the coming kingdom of uh, the New Jerusalem of Isaiah uh, chapter 65. We see also the fall of the empire, not the celestial empire which is coming, but the evil empire which is being a rid. It's coming here too. And now, when you see this, you're going to see two aspects of Babylon here when you see this. The Babylon destruction here, because what has happened here in this passage is Babylon is going to be judged because of the corruption. Think of what it says in Revelation chapter 17 and uh, verse 6, which I hadn't read, but it will say this. This Babylon is given uh, the symbolism of a female prostitute, and the woman is drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. You're seeing that this is one. She is going to be judged because of that. In this, when it uses a term in one translation, the great harlot, great is talking about uh, widespread. Uh, this is uh, huge. This is uh, mega, as we said on here. This is going to be historic in uh, the outreach of what the corruption that has happened to. And when you see all this, it says something very curious. This one sits on many waters. Now, when you take a look at this, this is most powerful, and it needs to be explained in a very, uh, a very clear way so you understand what this means. Now, historically, you're going to see that Babylon, when you get into the teaching here of what it was in its time, if you go to uh, Jeremiah chapter 51, it tells you uh, the prophecy against Babylon, O you who dwell by many waters, abundant in treasures, your end has come. Remember, it's a judgment against Babylon. But uh, during that uh, prophecy, you had Babylon, which uh, was not only had the Euphrates running through a part of this huge empire, but also there was a vast water resource nearby. So that might be both looking at the historical reality of it, but also talking about the symbolic uh, reasoning uh, the, behind uh, why this heart is sitting on many waters. And it, it's very clear. Go down to verse 15, and it explains very clearly. The waters are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And it's saying this. This is a global dominance this is something that reaches out uh, in here. When we see the influence of this empire upon there, this is also giving you the idea. Go back to Revelation 13 when I told you that the beast, the Antichrist, in the symbolism of coming out of the waters is also talking about coming from the multitudes, coming from the masses, the chaos of the masses coming out and doing that. So you have a symbolism there too. The kings of the earth committed fornication with uh, the uh, harlot here, and she uh, actually has a power, as it says in verse 2, 
And this has been talking about how through these years, this is going to be something that has been a, over this time, taking and wooing and pulling away these different leaders. What does it say in Revelation 14, 8? The harlot, she has made all nations drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And then we move down here. The inhabitants of the earth have also been involved in this fornication, being wooed by her. Populations go under her spell. The earth dwellers of the area are, are finding and staying with her. And what happens to them? What the, Well, it, it tells you, Revelation, when we go back to Revelation chapter 14, when we take the look and you're starting in verse 8, and it tells you that when the reference to Babylon falls, it does say, these nations had fallen under her spell, drunk of the wine of her fornication there. And when they do, we see that they are going to be under judgment as well. They were being used. Babylon was being used by God during this time. Now we look in verse 3 and it says, So he carried me away in the spirit in the, in the wilderness, and the Holy Spirit takes John uh, with the escort of the angel. John is going now to the wilderness to be able to see this harlot. What is going on here? When he had seen in Revelation 13, he had seen this symbolism of this horrifying beast known as the Antichrist coming up. Now he's going to see the harlot. He is being carried over there to see it. It's interesting then, you will also remember in Revelation 21, he will be seeing the new Jerusalem being carried away, Revelation 21 and verse 10. What now, this woman, he sees, I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. This woman is out here. You have a, va a vast plain, a wide plain. And when we see this, this harlot is shown specifically. This one says in verse 18, this woman who you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth, sitting on a scarlet beast. A scarlet, uh, this, what we see here is going to be the fiery red dragon that is there in that same color. We're seeing uh, symbolism uh, of relationship with it. Because when we see in Revelation chapter 12, the red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, seven diadems, you're going to see the redness. Now her sitting uh, here, she's on the scarlet beasts. And when we see that, is it the fact that she has dominance over the beast or the beast which is, to, is, is set to support her? Well, when we see this, this could see that these kings here and these kingdoms holding up this one, this, uh, the, the woman, the prostitute here, we're now getting an idea that we're seeing something religious. We're seeing this, that this is going to be, oh, not Christian by any means, but we have, many times I will have people that will approach me and talk and say, well, look, I'm spiritual. Well, then I find out they're involved in demonic work. Or somebody else says I'm very religious, but they're, uh, they're in liturgy and ritual, and there's really no Yahweh, there's no worship of the Lord. And I had done a religious survey 
through the years and had seen many people in genuflecting and in sorts of obeisance to idols and uh, different things along that line, which really had no significance of honoring God whatsoever. Well, what we have here, this one is riding the beast. And when we see that, we see, remember, the Antichrist, you see his power politically. And he is known as the beast. And this one is riding the beast, and so you're seeing there's a delineation between the two. She is not the beast, the political power. We're seeing here she is, uh, could I say, the ecclesiastical power, the religious power here on here. And she's getting support from the beast. That's the best way you could say it here. Scarlet beast, red dragon, everything that. And when we see this, we do see that uh, within this, there is a system of religiosity here. And it makes a grand influence here when we see this, that uh, this is all over the kings and the kingdoms here. There are blasphemous names that are being given here. Uh, we see that uh, the, the, the different names go back to Revelation chapter 13 and verse 1. And it says the same thing on the scarlet beast. There is blasphemous blasphemy on there. Well, you see it here as well. These names, they are against God, as it continues to tell you in the very same chapter of Revelation chapter 13. But then you see also there are seven heads and ten horns. Now, when we see that from this city in what I believe is looking at the ecclesiastical, the spiritual, the false, a false religion. Okay? Now, when we see this, seven heads and ten horns, well, then this is going to tie you in with Revelation chapter 13 and verse 1, the Antichrist. What does it say? Ten horns, seven heads uh, on that. And when we see this, this great dragon is giving power on this. The one, the same one here. Now, you're going to see the dragon back up one chapter, Revelation chapter 12, and it says the red dragon, the one in the false trinity, the equivalent of the father, is giving the son of the false trinity this seven head and ten horns, seven diadems, same relationship here. Now, when you go down through Revelation chapter 17, it says the seven heads are seven mountains, and seven kings. The ten horns are ten kings. That's what it says in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 12. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour, signifying a very, very short time. And when we see this, they're going down here, you're seeing the interplay of those different ones who have had influence, uh, being influenced by this one in the, uh, the, the total, the total uh, uh, wooing of the political systems under this. And this is talking about something very, very powerful here that I wish I could go on, but I see I'm way over time. So I'm going to stop right here in this introduction and then go more specifically into this in uh, the next podcast here. And I want you to see this now. When we see that mankind is being influenced. You will see two strong 
authorities that would dominate the mind and heart of mankind. Politically, as we're organized in society, how we grow, how we, uh, how we have a social interaction, and how that's dominated. We've seen many different governmental organizations through the years which are terrifying in their authoritarian uh, approach in dominating people and also fooling people as well. But then you also see the, uh, what would you say, the misuse, the empowerment of the evil that would use uh, religiosity which would use religion as well. And you're seeing this in chapter 17. You're seeing how both the political structure of the land and the religious grasp on the hearts and minds of people who want to be wooed into something that would give them uh, a balm, B-A-L-M, over their, uh, their yearning. You know, Ecclesiastes 3.10 says that God has put eternity in the heart of every person and in this, somebody says, I want some sort of a salve to get me going. And you're seeing that. We're seeing this here, how the harlot has influenced society. There's more I can say, and I'm running out of time here. So we're halfway through. We'll talk some more in our next podcast. This is Brad here, questions about heaven, delving deep into this Revelation study. We'll talk some more tomorrow. God bless you. Take care. And Lord willing, we'll talk soon. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end of year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.